Hello, everybody, and welcome to the sixth episode of the Trojan Venture Podcast. It's another week, another great guest we're going to have on, and better yet, it's a Friday. Vivek, how are you feeling about all this good news? I'm feeling pretty pumped, bro. I'm ready. It's, it's good weather. It's good vibes. I mean, I don't think there's anything to be complaining about. And excited for a great episode. So we want to introduce our guest for today. Um, today, we are excited to bring on Eric Schabel the founder and CEO of Share Real Estate. Eric graduated from the University of Washington with a degree in construction engineering and a double minor in architecture and finance. Eric has embarked on multiple entrepreneurial endeavors and is also a two-time U.S. rowing champion, which is pretty impressive if I say so myself. Share has raised funding from Bucker Capital, Lending Tree, among others, and they are currently uh, approaching their seed A funding round. Vivek, I've heard that you actually have a personal connection to Eric and this company. You want to tell us a little bit about that? For sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I currently intern at Share. Uh, I'm kind of a software developer slash marketing-ish intern. Do a lot of everything, you know. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. It's an awesome company. They're basically like a revolutionary real estate company that's pioneering this new type of real estate, which is like co-ownership. Um, and I'm going to let uh, the other Eric expand on that. So uh, should we bring him on? I think I think we're ready. Let's do it. All right. Hey, Eric, how's it going? It's going terrific, Vivek. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to have you on. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, um, how'd you start Share? What, what inspired you? Yeah, so, you know, a little bit about me. So came from Canada. I'll give you my, my quick background story. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I tend to say sorry a lot. And, uh, and so first generation American have my, my mom's from Eastern Europe. My dad's from North Africa. So we all have an entrepreneurial spirit, but ultimately grew up in Orange County. So pretty close to, uh, to USC and ended up actually going to university of Washington because uh, I was actually on the national team for rowing. So I'm very big on team collaboration uh, and uh, went to UW, studied engineering, architecture, and finance, received my sustainability license as well from there. Uh, and it was a great opportunity. I won some awards, got featured in you know, the Seattle Times, a couple of things like that. And ultimately, um, I, I took a job opportunity at a company called Swinnerton Builders. They're the largest general contractor on the West Coast. Started doing engineering with them right out the gate. Was, it was a great opportunity. I was promoted every single year, ultimately managing billion-dollar projects. And what I was starting to find was that my rent was going up every single year. Uh, and it was it was just a huge challenge. And I started – so I'm a middle child. I have an older sister and a younger sister. And older sister, she has her own law practice. She's an attorney. Her husband's an attorney. And I asked them how, how they were able to buy a home on their own. And, and they said, well, no, we, we, you know, we both – bought the home together, we ended up co-owning the home. And uh, and that's really why. And, and we were fortunate enough to have a gift for a down payment. And so I started thinking about, well, I don't plan on getting married anytime soon. And I, I, I don't know who I really want to buy a home with yet. So what if there was some sort of way, potentially I could connect different buyers to co-own homes together um, and just ultimately make the co-ownership process more simplified. Uh, so I, that was kind of mulling in my brain for a few years. And, you know, my first year at, at Swinnerton at 23, I earned my real estate broker's license. Then at 25, I earned my mortgage loan originator's license. Started a previous company uh, that was that, that we 
what we did was we were providing rebates to consumers to ultimately get them into housing by providing that rebate to, to for closing costs. But ultimately that wasn't enough to afford a home. And so looking back into co-ownership, when I was when I was 29, uh, around 28, 29, uh, I looked more into this model and it turns out that there's been a 771% growth in co-owning homes together between roommates. Uh, and so knowing that, I said, wow, okay, well, why is you know, why isn't everyone you know doing this? And so turns out it's pretty complicated and it is not, it's not only complicated, but there's a huge lack of knowledge out there in the in the space around buying a home with a friend or even buying a home with up to four other people. So uh, I was curious to see if anyone would buy a home with me, just a stranger. So I started off posting on Craigslist and seeing, uh, I said, I'm a real estate broker, mortgage broker, background engineering. Uh, I would love to buy a home with someone. I can't afford a home. My rent is three, 4K a month. Uh, if we combine finances, we could buy a nice home in Santa Monica. And I got about a dozen people contacting me from UCLA professors to independent growers, like growing like marijuana. And so they were all saying, you know, I'm down. They were sending me their pre-approval letters. And so uh, I figured that if, if you can if you can connect with someone on the same platform to buy a home as you do potentially buying drugs or, or strippers or whatever it is, uh, you we can make a more reliable platform and make it more secure. And so that was really where the inspiration came from. And we've really just been growing ever since. The company was founded back in 2019, and it's just been a great adventure and, and journey to date. And speaking a little bit more about this co-ownership model, have there been any surprises um, that you've faced along the way as you've built this co-ownership model in real estate that you didn't even think about being a potential issue until you actually went through with that? Absolutely, yeah. So two two big issues were probably our personas. So we did a pre-launch campaign uh, early on back in 2019. We got around 55,000 home buyers signed up, very interested with a very low acquisition cost. And so we figured, okay, this is the type of persona we need. Uh, we, we were able to survey their, their age, their like a, a lot of like their locations, a lot of key uh, identifying factors. It turns out that we thought that this was going to be a perfect solution for anyone, you know, between the ages of like 24 to like 29, 30. Uh, but it turns out it, 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 although they elected to say, yes, this is, I want to do this. They ultimately did not tr actually transact. And so that was a surprising feedback. So now our personas really are people who are above the age of 30, uh, between like 30 and 40 are the most common transactions that we've seen for ages. Um, and the, I'd say the second big surprise is back in 2021, we one of our revenue streams was as the lead gen service. So we have all these home buyers coming in, and then we were just selling those leads to real estate agents and bundling them up for a co-ownership transaction. But it turns out the realtors had limited knowledge in the whole co-ownership space. Uh, and so that was a big surprise uh, to me. And, and in fact, they have so li little information on this is that SHARE is now the first and only uh, educating uh, provider through California Association of Realtors to become a co-owning certified specialist. Uh, so if you're not co-owning certified, then and we're the ones teaching it. So we're the industry leaders right now on it. And those were two, I think, big, definitely big um, uh, 
surprises based off feedback and and um, and the survey data that we gathered. Yeah, um, and like as you know, like shares currently only available in California, but are there plans to expand it or like to other states or what do you, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, right now California is 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 definitely our, our prime location, uh, but we are going to be going to other locations after we close our Series A financing, which is expected to to start up uh, towards the summer of this year. Uh, ultimately, you know, we, we want to put up some more sales before we reach back out for fundraising. But uh, yeah, it, it, the next few large locations would be would be uh, like including like Texas, uh, Florida, Washington, uh, really those areas where there's a high concentration of of like that age range, like 38, like 30s, who there are metropolitan areas uh, and really where homes are above uh, 500 to $600,000. Uh, the US national average is 400K, so it's, it is creeping up there to be nationally available. But right now, um, that's kind of our, our, our sweet spot, especially when you look at companies like Meta, who are growing the biggest headquarters, right? In like Texas, for instance, uh, that's a prime location for people who do earn decent money like software engineers, uh, and we can um, we can go ahead and provide housing and co-op opportunities for them. Tracking back to your experience as a rower uh, in college, what lessons from rowing and sports in general have you taken to found, founding a company? Teamwork, absolutely. It, it really, the team is what makes wins uh, and ultimately who's on your team. I think that's a big driving, uh, a big thing that is underestimated at startups. Throughout Share, we've gone through different cycles of hires as we continue to evolve. Um, so, you know, you you are only as good as your as your weakest link, really. I think that's that is a one thing I've definitely learned and being tenacious. Uh, you're going to face a ton of rejections uh, as a founder and you have to just keep pushing. And even though, you know, majority of people won't be interested at all or think, you know, this is a crazy idea, blah, blah, blah. All you need is one or two yeses and that's, you'll be successful. So um, you just have to keep at it and don't let failure, you know, get into your mind. Um, and, you know, I've lost, I've lost, you know, a, a very few handful of races, but, um, you know, those were all learning lessons. Uh, so don't let, you know, we, we actually, there was one time in uh, one, and one specific race, I remember before we, this was for the, one of the national championships, uh, we had to do these quarter, like quarter lineups. So it, it goes in brackets. And so you have to qualify for the finale. And so right before the finale, uh, this team says, you know, good luck to our team all synchronized and i was like wow that's kind of weird like obviously they planned it then they they beat us in the in the in that but then we get to the final and they say the exact same thing so immediately i was like oh you guys are you guys are doing some you know psychology stuff right here and we end up smashing them though but at the end but like luckily um uh but you know my point being is that you know it's, it's easy to get lost in your own head uh and in doubts but you have to just know that you're doing something better for the for the future and for a community and 
you know, if, if you're doing something that you are passionate towards and it's a pain point that continues to cause you frustration, um, you know, you, you won't work, you know, you, you won't work a day in your life, you know, because you'll love what you do. And so, yeah, speaking a little bit more to like the team aspect of share, what does share look for in their employees? Number one would be uh, passion. So do they, uh, is the staff uh, empathetic? Have they done things towards the community to you know, solve certain issues? Uh, that's, that's definitely one, like as, as an example, uh, have they helped at maybe homeless shelters or other housing products or, or, or just, you know, we kind of have, a, have like a, a, a moral compass. So we, we look for people who are generally trying to be good people uh, that's that's the first probably thing we have. A, we have all obviously the, the whole no asshole policy. So uh, if you're coming super cocky, uh, you're not you're not going to uh, be successful here. Uh, and I would say the the other things are uh, your experience as you know not only passion but in the startup world. Are you able to be proactive and not be micromanaged? Uh, so we are we're not in the game to be micromanaged, but if you can show uh, an example of where you took something from start to finish or led something on your own without being told to do it. That's what we love to see. And share one of the things that you guys do that is differentiating yourselves from competitors in the real estate space is first of all, your monthly loan is like four times less uh, than I guess national competitors and you also have zero fees so how did how have you worked that into your platform and given yourself that advantage yeah so i i guess it, it kind of goes into our business model so our business model we are a mortgage brokerage and a uh and we act as both a buyer's agent and a seller's agent and so yes it's by doing so we're able to provide much, we have a lot more control over the system and that's why we're able to reduce a lot of those fees. Um, and given that our acquisition costs for consumers are substantially lower. So as an example, when, it, when you, know, you look at a lot of home buyers, they can't afford a home. So as a loan company, you're advertising, you're trying to get them. They come to your platform and ultimately they can't, they can't um, transact. So you've spent a bunch of money and you're not getting any ROI. In our case, we're a fraction of that cost getting these home buyers in and still being able to close the deal. So we have such a high profit margin that we're able to lower all of those fees to, to essentially zero for the consumer. That's a super creative business model. And I feel like that's one of the reasons why shares so like, you know, futuristic in its, in its model. But um, are there any new endeavors that shares looking to take on this in this uh, upcoming year? Yeah. Uh, so we are. There's there's two things. I mean, outside of post raising Series A, we're going to be putting a lot of that money towards improving our technology, uh, specifically around the ability to find other co-owners, aka strangers. Now, so the MLS which is short for the multiple listing service and Rezo real estate standards organization has adopted uh, a fractional listing uh, option. So now when you're on Zillow or Redfin or other prop tech companies, you can actually 
soon to be in the, in the summertime, you'll be able to actually see which fraction listings are. But the problem there is that all those all these companies out there are focused on the secondary and vacation home space. They're not focusing on the primary residential space. So given that we are looking for owner occupants, uh, the, the folks who have tried doing this without share generally tend to be a bit unsuccessful because as a buyer, all you're looking at is the agent remarks, uh, agent remarks about a home. So saying this home buyer is Sally, she's the best home buyer to cone with, you know, but that's not, you know, that's not on her behalf. You want to know more about her, but you also want to protect her privacy too. So that's where we are going to be driving more consumers from other organizations, uh, like looking on sites into share so they can actually learn more about, for instance, Sally, see her profile, create a profile on their own behalf. You can provide a background check, ID check, really just depending on the level of, of security that, that that consumer wants. And so um, we've, we've built out our initial beta, but it needs uh, uh, definitely much bigger improvements. Um, and it'll ultimately make the fractional sale much more seamless and being able to sell at a faster rate. So instead of waiting 180 days on market, we can sell your home in 30 days. That's what, that's what we're aiming for. And at least on average, um, how many people uh, does Share have, a, for example, to rent a single home? Is it usually just two people going 50-50? Is it sometimes more than that? Or how did the numbers work out there? Yeah, so to be clear, right, these are not rent, these, they're not renting the home, yeah. right? They go in. So uh, traditionally, it's two. It's two people, and it ranges between relationships. So here's kind of the, here's kind of the, the differentiating factor. So we have a variety of different personas, but traditionally, as I mentioned, it's usually two people. But you know, for for instance, we've helped college students, like recent undergrads or recent grads, co-own with their parents, and I think that's that is an exciting point because you're not only building your own credit score, but statistically speaking, sixty percent or more of first-time homebuyers are already given a down payment from their parents, and so it's not the down payment is one thing, okay, that's three percent sure, but you still have to pay. Six, six to seven thousand dollars a month, and so that's a lot for a monthly payment. Okay, so the opportunity there—it's not just a down payment. That's just a small problem. The majority of the problem are those mortgage payments, and so um, depending on your relationship, you can either co-own in a single-family residential home. So we see that with people who already have a relationship built, such as going back into co-owning with your parent, um, and. Also, you know, if you have existing roommates, co-owning with them in an SFR, or what we also see is when people say, match me up with someone, Eric, and we will provide them, uh, we'll show them more so multifamily homes. So for instance, Eric and Vivek, you know, you guys, we, we, just, we just met and you're thinking, who, who the hell is this Eric from Share Guy, you know? Seems interesting, but does he, how, how is he clean? Or does he leave the dishes in the, you know, all these small frustration points. and. So we push multifamilies for undeveloped relationships so they can have their own unit and they can have their own loan too. So we can provide multiple loans on one home, which is super unique because uh, in, in case of foreclosure, you miss a payment, you lose your job. Well, you're not worried about the other co-owner because you have your own loan. And so that's a, that's a really exciting thing versus a lot of other companies that are pushing this LLC model, which you're still on one loan. Um, 
and yeah, you have some protection, but ultimately it's, it's uh, the, the whole home would go under foreclosure. And I think that's a big differentiating factor that we have as well. So in the situation that you own a home with someone else, and let's say you own it like 50-50, are you able to like adjust the equity each of you have in it like at a later time or how does that exactly work? Yeah, uh, it, yes. So you can adjust your equity, um, but between what the lender knows, uh, the lender doesn't, the lender's going to have their own protocols because it's, it's the lender owns that home. Um, so yes, you are, you know, with the mortgage, you, you're borrowing that money to buy the home, but you don't actually own the home technically, the bank does still. So uh, you and the other co-owners can always revise the contracts and ownership splits, um, but ultimately, depending on the structure, whether you have your own loan or if it's a shared loan, the bank is still going to be looking at it as, this is my property, I'm going to take it if you foreclose. Speaking more broadly, I guess to finish this off, what are some developments within the broader real estate industry that are happening right now that you think are going to be uh, things that will really impact the real estate industry going forward? Two huge propositions. One being the California Dream for All. So that is a new legislative bill being proposed that allows California uh, government to actually co-own with first-time homebuyers. Um, they are trying to develop that business model. I think that we are already in discussions with them and providing some feedback on that. Uh, and we're already in discussions with people at Congress uh, to create these new legislative bills. But ultimately, uh, we're, we're hoping we might be able to be uh, uh, the private company as their go-to kind of test dummy um, for at least, you know, maybe exclusivity period. So that's a good opportunity that's coming up. TBD, when that's going to actually be rolled out, but it's gone pretty far along so far. The other initiative is SB9, which is a very exciting uh, or very exciting legislative bill that's already now in place. And what this bill allows developers to do now is increase the supply of multifamilies in single-family residential zoned areas. So if it's a neighborhood of SFR homes, um, you can now build a multifamily there. And the key is it prevents investors from buying those homes. So typically multifamily properties are purchased by investors and it, it really, it's very, it's, it's a challenge. There's a lack of supply, but with SB9 now increasing the supply, giving developers actually um, like credits, tax incentives, et cetera, other opportunities and motives, uh, we're going to be able to see a lot more supply and a lot more barriers for investors and giving us a bigger opportunity to advance our, our multiple loan initiative. Awesome. All right. Um, well, we really appreciate your time, Eric. Uh, the other Eric and I have learned so much from you today. And it's honestly really cool to be an intern there. Uh, I feel like share makes, you know, the intimidating world of real estate a lot easier to grasp. So that's pretty awesome. So thank you. Yeah, thank no, you, again, Eric. You know, thank you for having me. I, I really hope, you know, uh, we, we any, any more, you know, question, anyone who has questions who's listening, you can reach out to share at uh, share.app that's c-h-e-r at c-h-e-r dot app or you can visit our website at www.shareahome.com spelled c-h-e-r a home.com we'd love to help you and hopefully you know as a if you're an undergrad or a student listening to this uh 
it would be pretty awesome to say, hey, look, I not only build equity at the age of 24, earn my first, earn my first home, but building generational wealth, you know, 15, 16 years before any of your friends do. So hopefully we can help you as well. Thank you. All right. Vivek, as I was expecting, another great episode, another great guest. Very interesting to hear his perspective. I have to be honest, I do not know much about the real estate industry, but this is a really, at least from what I know and heard from this conversation, it's a very innovative idea in an industry that is often starving for new ideas. Um, initially, it kind of reminded me of like a, a WeWork for home ownership, but I guess the there's some parallels there, but it's really interesting. I thought the part where you can actually have two loans and not one on a single home is really such a differentiator from a lot of other startups and companies in space. So I think there's a lot of good opportunity there and I'm excited to see how they grow. Yeah. Um, it's super insightful to see like Eric talk about it all because he like just is an expert in real estate. Uh, the dude has like 20 years of experience, maybe more in real estate. Um, and yeah, like as an intern there, like I feel like I've learned a lot about that entire world and it's super complicated to me. So, but yeah, I think Cher is doing some cool stuff over there. So yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see where they go as well. Yeah. And uh, just to, as a final wrap up, Eric also mentioned at the end of our show that uh, if anybody listening to this, wants to reach out to share either about homeownership or anything else about the company, feel free to hit up Eric and we can also make an intro for you as well. Uh, but that's all we have for today. So Vivek, we will speak next time. Sounds good.